Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Uh, nice enough to join us now. We'll pick his brain about not just Eagles Cowboys, but what happened Friday afternoon uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. A little bit of Sixers mixed in there. Maybe even a Sean Connery question or two. Joining us, uh, for, uh, Phillies columnist for the Phillies Voice, Working the Beat podcast with Mike Kern. His name is Kevin Cooney. What's up, Kev? Hey, John. How are you? So, Ke- Kev, i got to start with this. I, 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 because you never hold back. We, we, there's something we, we share where if we have a, a – a feeling about something and a gut reaction. We we don't hold back on said emotion and honesty. Um, Friday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Andy McPhail uh, sat in front of a camera and held a however many minute long Zoom availability. Kev, uh, you heard some of it. You saw, read some of the uh, quotes from it. What is your reaction? My reaction is pretty much this summed up the Andy McPhail tenure. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he's been a guy who, since the beginning of this, has appeared extremely disinterested in doing the job of president. You know, he, he's pawned a lot of stuff, stuff off on, you know, on the baseball side, at least. He pointed off to Matt, Matt Clintac, didn't interfere at all, didn't run any interference at all, to be honest. And I think what you saw is a guy who knows that this time next year he's probably going to be uh, retired and uh, kind of threw up his thing and said, yeah, uh, you know, I'll, I'll help you out, but, you know, it's up to you guys you well, know, to decide what you want. Well, I mean, and that's not what you should have anywhere close to your organization at this point. Right. I mean, when I heard, like, his overall uh, you know, tone and mannerisms during this whole availability was like, yeah, I'm still employed, but, you know, i got to be honest, you can find somebody else and I'll just step down. I mean, how, if John Middleton's listening to this, how does he not call him up right away and say, oh, by the way, you don't have a year left, you're fired? Because and the only thing I can explain, John, is, with, and you, you and I both know this because of people we know down there, it is so chaotic right now. There are so many things going on on the, on the business side of it with, um, you, know, you know, with people, the layoffs that are coming, decisions on, you know, who's going to get cut in the front office and the baseball ops part, you know, different decisions in that end that maybe the only thing they have is that, okay, we don't want to give Ned Rice complete control here for a year while we, or for however long we're looking at for getting a baseball, you know, somebody to take over the organization full time that we're going to let Andy kind of just hang in there. And I think that's basically what is going on here. I mean, you know, it's basically, we need an adult in the room at this point, and 
Andy McPhail's an adult, and at the, you know they're just going to decide to run out his contract and and let it go. But yeah, this is not a good situation right now for this organization, and especially when you look at a, a, what's going to be a challenging winner. Right. Well, well, that, well, that's what I'm going to get into with you in a second. And, and you know, if you're going to say he's the adult in the room, he's an absentee parent because he's never there to begin with. And it, this kind of leads into the whole. He was asked about the the whole process of finding a next general manager. Uh, and he said how nobody would be willing to uproot uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Meanwhile, on the other side of the Delaware, the 76ers just hired like seven people and completely revamped their entire organization. So, I, I mean, when you heard base- him say that, though, what what was your read into what he was saying? Well, and in baseball, too. I mean, you look at the Angels, who are apparently going to hire a GM at some point here. Mm-hmm. You know, so it can be done. Uh, the question is, why aren't you doing it? Right, you know? right. I mean— and that's a fair, fair question. And, you know, again, if this is a matter of you just want to run out the clock on the salary, okay, mm-hmm. then run out – to just be honest and say we're running out the clock on, a salary, on the salary at a time when we're looking at payroll, you know, payroll limitations, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly – they would be better off just saying that at this point and not wanting to pay for two team presidents are already going to pay basically for one and a half general managers. So to me, that's perhaps what the, what the rationale on that is. I, I, I don't understand why it's this big a deal because they're not talking 10 or $20 million. They're maybe talking two mm-hmm. and, and in grand scheme of things, that's not a lot, but that's the only thing I'm thinking of. I mean, that's the only explanation for why does this happen. And, again, we haven't even gotten to the baseball issues here yeah. with, with this yeah. team and the decisions they're going to have to make. And, and, John, you know, let's be honest. You know, they have $70 million coming off the payroll this year, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You know, with the now they have to – but they have like six or seven holes. I would seriously doubt they run anywhere close to what their payroll was last year. Yeah, so, right. You know, you're, I, I think fans better be prepared that there's going to be some names on here it's almost going to look a little bit like they're going to be dumpster diving for, uh, for some guys. Well, that's just lovely to hear. Well, and meanwhile, and I'm very curious your opinion on this because I don't know how this came about. You know, as I mentioned, over uh, at the in Camden on the waterfront, the Sixers not only hired a new head coach and with that his staff, but two VPs and most importantly a president in Daryl Morey, uh, which I mean I don't think anybody expected that coming. But but Kev, this is what I'm. The question I have for you is this: This is, in terms of an ownership group, to do an about face like this is I don't want to say unprecedented, but it rarely ever happens. How how did this happen? Where did this come from? From a meddling ownership to now let's oh this guy's available, let's hunt him down, give him whatever he wants, and have him run everything. And it's not just some random guy that they can control. I mean, this is one of the top executives in the league. Yeah, and one, one, let's be honest, is a bit of a loose cannon. I mean, we've seen this in the past. Some of his moves are are viewed as brilliant, but, you know, outside-the-box thinking yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, obviously the, the situation last year with him in China, with the comments he made about Hong Kong, uh, kind of alienated a lot of people within the league. And mm-hmm. I think that's ultimately maybe why he was gone in Houston. But – and Houston's a bit of a mess anyway with Tillman Ferreira and, all, and and the situation there. The question, though, is you're right. 
why did the why did the Sixers radically go about this? I think it's the opportunity presented itself. Look, I mean, if you think about it, there's a relationship. There was a relationship between Maury and Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. Maury tried to hire Doc Rivers when he ended up going to the Clippers. Okay. In a way, there's a distant relationship between Maury and the Sixers because of the Sam Hinkie factor. Right. Okay. And you gotta think that Maury probably had a a, a, a phone call out to Hinkie at some point in this whole equation to to ask about things in the situation and Josh Harris and all that. It's almost like the Sixers. I don't want to say they want to go back to the process, but they're kind of going to that value in the margins theory that Hinkie had mm-hmm. of trying to find things that, you know, that are unconventional. But it is as far from the Colangelo era as possible, which is where, let's be honest, John, they've gotten in a ton of trouble. Yeah. They got a ton of trouble with their, in the Colangelo, the Colangelo era. So they're kind of going back to Hinkie, Hinkie light, I would say, that you're not going to see, you're not going to see Maury tear it down unless it's pretty clear that these no, no, you, superstars can't work together. Right. But, I mean, no, he's very aggressive. He's out of the box thinking at times, but I mean, he has a track record of, you know, having of always going for it. I, I, I guess is and he and he's been great at, um, at very all or in all or nothing trades, which have worked out for the for the most part. He's had a couple misses along the way. Every general manager does, but I'm just fascinated at how. Um, after these many years that this ownership group, you know, has been in control to suddenly, you know, do what many have been asking all along. And, and they're, they seem to be doing the right thing for the first time. Well, you know, there are times when you're just tired of being laughed at. And I think that's maybe what has happened here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. It didn't work the other way. Uh, the best part of the Maury thing is there's a firewall up, and, and you know this better than anybody. There's a firewall up between the basketball side of the building and the business side of the building. Yeah, which I think we all agree was getting way, way too comfortable and crossing over. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are positive things. Those should be celebrated for what they are, and I, I think Sixer fans are generally excited. I should warn people, okay, and, and I think you would agree with me. This offseason in the NBA is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, the draft coming up in about two and a half, three weeks. Okay, you're going to have maybe the season starting around Christmas, maybe, you know, more likely, I would think, early January. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and a 50-game schedule. Daryl Morey's not going to make a miracle here. Right. You know, he's not going to, you know, tap his keyboard and, and suddenly, you know, Al Horford's going to be gone. And the problems that were existing are not going to be eliminated just because Doc Rivers is there. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they've given hope. They've given an opportunity for the Sixers to, in a year or two, look at what they've done and have creative minds thinking, okay, how do we get ourselves out of what is really an unbearable salary cap situation? All right. I agree. Now to the massive game tonight, Kevin Cooney. At the link, Eagles, Cowboys, as we sit here at this very moment, uh, depending on your betting website, they are 11-point favorites. Kev, is this matchup as easy as it looks? Yeah, you know, normally this game is the showcase, like Westminster, uh, the West, <laughs> Westminster Kennel Show. This, this more is like just a Saturday walk in the park with, you know, a few mutts. Um, I mean, look, they're the better team. The Eagles are the better team, okay, on paper. Mm-hmm. And yet, I do, and Angelo and I talked about this earlier in the week, I do find it ridiculous that people are thinking that this is 
a fait accompli. Remember what happened here two years ago? Remember when the the year after the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it was early November, the Cowboys were struggling. It appeared Jason Garrett was about to get fired, and they came and you know everybody was kind of saying, "Oh, here come the Eagles, they're back and everything." And the Eagles got blown out basically at home on a Sunday night by the Cowboys. Yep. Okay. So let's take that for what it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are the Eagles the better team? Absolutely. Do I, could I see a three point game in this? Yeah, I could. Mm. I, I think I think in, in this sense, there's nothing in the Eagles' DNA right now that tells you they can blow anybody out. Right. Not one team. You know, their two wins are they got lucky against the Giants and against a third string quarterback in the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be real here. I mean, yeah, Dallas's defense is awful. The Eagles' offense isn't exactly like lighting the world on fire in the first half, and they turned the ball over enough that they could keep a bad defense looking respectable. Yeah, and sadly, both of these teams turned the ball over a lot, and that's something I certainly have concern with tonight. And, and John, look at Vegas's number on the over/under: forty-two I mean, and a tells half. You, yeah. yeah, that tells you right now exactly what they think of this game. Yeah. They think that this is a a really tight game and a really low-scoring game. And so that's kind of why I'm a little frightened by this one, I admit. Yeah, I I know. It seems too good to be true. I agree with you. Kev, final question I have for you has nothing to do with sports whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We lost a legend yesterday in Sean Connery at the age of 90. And and, um, what I've been doing this afternoon as a way to to pay tribute uh, is to ask you your favorite. And you, I asked you and I'm about to ask you and I asked Mike Sealski your favorite Connery role. Oh, it was great in the Untouchables. Is it fair that I think Daryl Hammond probably is my favorite Con- uh, Connery <laughs> role in Celebrity Jeopardy? They were very um, good, weren't they? Oh, uh, I, I, I went through like seven or eight old clips yesterday just to see <laughs> it so I could laugh. Well, who mean, was the one? Uh, I always forget the comedian who played Trevec. What was his name again? Oh, Daryl Hammond. No, 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 oh, no, no, oh, no, no, Wolf Ferrell. No, no, no. Oh, that's right. It was Wolf Ferrell. I'm trying to think. Oh, that's right. No, I'm trying. Yeah, to, it put was. A on, so yeah, that's right. It was Will Ferrell. It was Daryl Hammond, uh, and the one Bert, who played. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds was played by uh, Norm Macdonald. That's who I was thinking of. I was thinking of Burt Reynolds played right. by Norm Macdonald, who would he would they, they would do the skit together, right? But no, um, you're you're right. They were very good. I mean, you know, the thing the thing with Connery was he was just so cool, and, and especially on the you know with the Bond movies. You look at some of the bonds that have come down the line. Like, I didn't think Roger Moore was that bad, okay? Mm-hmm. But Tim Dalton was not good. Pierce Brosnan was okay. And I'm actually not a Daniel Craig guy either. So, <laughs> Connery is just a standard. I mean, this he's he's Babe Ruth in that, in that, in that genre. I would agree. <laughs> so, is it Bond then? Yeah, well, yeah, it's Bond, but he was also great in The Untouchables. Yeah, I thought he was overrated in Indiana Jones. Whoa, whoa, ho! Well, yeah, you're going to throw that on me at the end of our conversation? What do you mean overrated? The, the rapport that those two had together? It was it was the only sense of comic relief I've ever seen out of Sean Connery, and he pulled it off brilliantly. Uh, okay, uh, that's your opinion. Oh, I'm, God. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, and this may, t- you know. Oh, here we may, go. Okay. This may this may take my guy card away, um, you know, you know, as much as like having a bubble bath or something. But <laughs> I would say, I would say, Indiana Jones is one of the most overrated mo- uh, movie like series franchises going. ever. Yeah. What? I, listen, yeah. I oh, 
Oh, God. All right, we have to end this conversation right now. This is going right off the rails. Ke- uh, ke- for um, links to all Kevin's stories, the latest Working to Be a podcast with Mike Kern, uh, you should be following Kev on Twitter already if you don't. It's at Kevin Cooney. Kev, thanks, man. I appreciate it. No, no problem. Thanks, John. All right. Oh, most overrated franchises of all time. How dare you? How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.